This is the BBC. Hello and welcome to the Beercast, where this week we're doing three distinctive Scottish 80 ales. We're trying traditional Scottish ale breweries William Wallace, Belhaven St Andrew's Ale and Caledonian Breweries Golden Promise. With me today is Shovels. Hello. Hello Shovels. Hello. Um, so, we'll move on to our first beer, which should be William Wallace. So, William Wallace Ale, hand-brewed for a superior taste. It's an 80 shilling. And it's 4.5%. Wow. And wow, apparently. It's um, from traditional Scottish ales who are based in Bridge of Allen, which is just outside Stirling. And it's... I don't know if it tastes like a traditional 80 or not, because we've drunk a lot of 80 in our, in our time. Yeah, the 80s we've had have been from uh, the pumps or taps, and mm, mm. they uh, tend to be slightly creamier than this. Um, oh, this, this does have a kind of creamy undertone, overtone, I'd probably say overtone. Undertone, overtone, wobbling free. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it's a very malty ale, and I'm not just reading that off the back of the label. It, it's it's not hoppy at all, is it? It's very malty. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm not sure I like it, to be honest. It's a very caramel, very dark caramelly colour. And there are some caramelly taste to it. Yeah. That would be the creamy side of it. So. I would think so, yeah. I tried to do some research about this, but I, I couldn't get into the website. But I, I've, I've just only just now got into it, and um, I'm, I'm kind of researching on the fly. But they're from Bridge of Allen in central Scotland, um, which is a Victorian spa town just outside of Stirling. And very picturesque it is too. Very nice, yeah. There's a couple of breweries there. Um, they take advantage of the local water, um, which comes out, I don't even remember the hills on the outskirts of Bridge of Allen. I did a few field trips there. The Ockles? No, no, that's, that's the other way. That's the other way, yeah. Um, Actually, in the town, they've got hills just outside the town. Um, mm-hmm. They have lots of. Um, and phone a friend. You can phone a friend, yes, if you wish. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll call Craig, he what? knows all this stuff. While he's doing that, it's. Um, no, he's in London, I can't do that. that yes, you can't phone. Right, never mind. It's because there's lots of minerals in the soil outside the town. I think that's how the town first started. It became sort of a like a mining settlement and because of that the water that comes out of the hills is quite an interesting flavour to it which we're, we're getting from the beer because yeah. it's it's quite strong isn't it for a it's, it's only four four and a bit percent but it's quite strong five but yeah it tastes quite strong it's not lighting my fire is that an analogy I can use? <laughs> it's a take that song but I'm not doing <laughs> it's, there's no lulu in here uh, it says on the website that it is an 80 shilling, um, and it's uh, dark and rewarding with a slightly sweet and satisfying taste. Uh, lightly hopped with a hint of caramel on the palate and a satisfying aftertaste. It's. I'm not entirely sure I'm satisfied with the aftertaste. I'd say there's more than a hint of caramel there. Definitely. <clears throat> a lot of caramel. But it, it, that's the thing, isn't it? It's sweet. That's, that's, that's why I don't like it. Yeah. Because it's sweet. It's, uh, it reminds me of quite a few of the... Ales in Canada, where they were trying to do the kind of Scottish style 80 shilling thing, and they would call them cream cream ales, and they're pretty much similar to 80 and 70. Yeah, I would stay clear of cream ales. <laughs> and they weren't very nice. And But we used to drink this, well, all of these kind of things all the time at university. 
We did, yes, back then we knew no better. Although I have to say, I came to university having drunk Carl in Black Label for my, my entire life, so... Yeah, I was a Jack Daniels lemonade <laughs> kind of guy. I didn't like beer until first year at university when it was cheap. When you start from nothing, kind of 80 is like, wow, it's, actually no, 70 was wow because it was yeah, cheaper. And then, well, 70 uh, was cheaper and not as strong, so... Yeah. Uh, if you're not sure about what the shillings are, it's uh, quite particular to Scottish beer. Um, originally in the 19th century, the beers were sold depending on how strong they were. So you started off with barrels of the cheaper, lighter beer, which was kind of 35 to 4%, which sold for 60 shillings. And it went up 60, 70, 80, 90. And uh, 90 shillings is about 6.5%. But they do have a <clears throat> heavy, which is the traditional heavy Scottish beer, which can be anything from 6 to 10%. Uh, I haven't seen a 90 for a long time. I remember seeing one at university, but... Yeah, I'm like, ooh, 90 shilling, that must be great. <laughs> but it must be over £1.50, so we can't <laughs> drink it. <laughs> right. £1.50. But you'll find that most Scottish breweries churn out an 80 shilling just to appease the kind of beer purists. And uh, I think this is one of those. Yeah, and it's a, an appeasement. Although it's award-winning, apparently. Award yeah, winning. well, I'm... It doesn't, it says award-winning ales, but it doesn't really say that this one won an ale. Won an ale? It won an award. I can look it up. Let's see what it actually, which one in the brewery won? Uh, they do have a lot of winners on their website. Hmm. But not for William Wallace. Ah. <laughs> that would maybe, maybe why. They won the gold award for Stout in the National Beer Competition 2005 for their Glencoe Stout. Uh -huh. And they won various other beers, awards for beers, but um, they also won a excellent awards in the Scottish Food and Drink 2006 awards. Mm. Now it's, um, <coughs> excuse me, it's um, sponsored by SIBA, S-I-B-A. I've actually looked for these guys before. I tried to Google to find out who they were because they give out a lot of awards for beers in Scotland. And the only thing I came back was back with was the Scottish Indoor Bowling Association. <laughs> so I don't think it can be them. <laughs> I'm guessing it's Scottish Independent Brewing Association. Bre and they have no brewing. website. At this day and age, they have no website. They, they have no website. Well, I mean, they may do, but I, I can't find it. Well, I think we should maybe sum up on this one because there's little on the on the <coughs> internet. Other than why it's called William Wallace. Who's William Wallace, Paul? Uh, William Wallace. Uh, Put you on the spot here. Uh, yeah, to try and remember. He was some kind of famous Scottish patriot who gave it to Edward II or something. <laughs> <laughs> he did indeed give it to Edward II, yeah. Well, it didn't really, because he ended up being hung, drawn and quartered. He was hung, drawn and quartered, yes. Um, uh, be careful, he had to do our brave art history, otherwise we could be... Mm. We could... Well... If you accept that as history, then you'd be a fool. But yeah, I could tell them about our Braveheart story. Our oh, Braveheart story, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. Um, the film Braveheart with Mel Gibson, the uh, fantastically historically accurate drama that it was, was... Um, Still a good film. Well, yeah, I suppose, yeah, if you like fighting and stuff. Um, did, yeah, did William Wallace come from Stirling? He did, yeah, from round here, yeah. A lot of the battles were fought, the Battle of Stirling and um, Stirling Bridge... And yeah. uh, infamous battle, uh, Bannock, um, Bannockburn. That's the one, yeah. <coughs> Battlefield. So when they had the worldwide uh, premiere of the film Braveheart, it was actually at Stirling University. <laughs> Must have been a bit of a shock for me. <laughs> I think he turned up and he's like, "What the <laughs> hell's this?" Breeze blocks and uh, <laughs> pebble dash. 
This isn't the, uh, the Los Angeles Chinese Theatre, what it's called. Um, no. So they had they had the screening there, and it was when we were at university, and they had lots of stuff in the town. And we went to a screening at the Allen Park Cinema, is it, in Stirling? Oh, yeah, that, what was called? It was a bit of a walk. It was a bit of a walk, yeah. yeah. But we went there, and <laughs> William Wallace is a very... Um, He's a very controversial figure, especially a lot of Scottish people, Scottish nationalists, see him as being quite a kind of. He, he's there. He's their kind of George Washington kind of patriotic figure. So there was a lot of Scottish people in the audience, obviously, and uh, there were I think there were four of us, all English students, down the front watching this film, which all in a row, all in a row, which primarily is like sort of an hour and a half to two hours of English bashing throughout <laughs> the film. Pretty much. Um, either in intent in, in the film or in physically, they're, they're knocking the stuffing out of English soldiers. And then at the, the end, it's a very emotive, he gets hung drawn and quartered by the English. Uh, the titles start to roll with the, the Scottish music and the, the, the Highland kind of thing. And someone at the back of the cinema stands up and shouts, England! in a Scottish voice. And everyone starts cheering. Including um, you. <laughs> well, because we were sitting there in a, l- a row thinking, how are we going to get out of this cinema alive? <laughs> Without being lynched. Because I'd heard a story the previous week, they had this premiere in um, in Falkirk, and the same thing had happened, and in the audience was a group of English rugby players on tour, and they actually started a fight in the really? cinema. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Because obviously they took offence to being having that shouted at them. But being meek students that we were, in a, student, in a cinema full of Scottish people, we, we couldn't. So I, I, I kind of feigned like, and had my fingers crossed, so I didn't care. <laughs> fingers crossed, clapping and cheering. And then we all walked out without saying a single word. Yeah. So no one knew that we were English. <laughs> Don't give away our nationality. They're gonna kill us. Oh, how we laughed later, but at the time it was quite scary. It was actually, we've never seen such... Rampant like, nationalism. Yes, I think that, well... That seat's now gone to the SNP, so I think... And now we can get our own back by um, not liking the beer with his name on it. Yeah, but that's not because of that incident, I would say. It's because the beer's probably not the best example of 80 shilling that's out there. Um, if only we have more to compare to. Indeed. But, uh, I actually prefer McEwen's 80 to this, I have to say. Um, although I do usually have that on draft, I mean, I'm sure if this was draft, it would be nicer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would be. And I'm sure McKeown's 80 in bottles would be uh, not so good. I've never seen this on draft anywhere, actually. No. No. But I think that's enough of William Wallace. Yep. So uh, we'll move on to the next one. Indeed. Right then, next one. St Andrew's Ale. It's a Bellhaven brewery beer. I don't care what Craig says, that's a good noise. <laughs> yeah, it sounds the, enticing. Uh, Bellhaven Brewery is... Uh, actually, it's one of our favourite breweries now because just over last weekend we went to a Scottish traditional food festival in Edinburgh and we met a man from the Bellhaven Brewery and he gave us free beer. Oh, yeah, that's one way to win us over. <laughs> yeah. He gave us free beer. Yeah, we're cheap, you know, we don't mind admitting yeah. that. Uh, the Bellhaven Lager, which we're not drinking, but I have drunk. Over the last couple of days, well. it, was, it was all right. All right, it was a lager, so it's yeah, by it the a definition not very tasty, but no. it was refreshing. Um, but it tasted all the sweeter for being free. Anyway, we're not doing that today. We're doing St Andrew's Ale. What's your immediate thoughts on St Andrew's Ale? Well, like the William Wallace, I think this is 
an- another a kind of seventy or eighty shilling. And that tastes almost identical. It does. It's not <laughs> as not as caramelly. No. I would say it's a bit lighter, but um, it's a very similar taste. Yeah, Belhaven describe it as being quote a rare modern phenomenon. It's a beer that tastes like a beer. I don't know what they mean by that. Um, Neither do I. They go on to say that it's a smooth, full-bodied, multi flavour with a fruity palate, and it's the perfect mellow way to wind down. So I could definitely Ovaltine. It's definitely less caramelly and less creamy, mm. which means less sickly in a way. Yeah. It's not sweet. Um, yeah, apparently it is every golfer's dream to play the old course, created entirely by the forces of nature. The historic links of St Andrews are believed to be where the first ever game was played. Belhaven are proud to name one of their finest Scottish ales after St Andrew, the nation's patron saint, and a town known throughout the world as the home of golf. That's nice, but it does nothing about the beer. We're golfers. Is that your dream, to play at St Andrews? It's not my dream. I think I'd be quite intimidated by it. Although... We can just pot around with all the rich tourists. Uh, so I have lots of dreams, but none of them relate to golf. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think if I've ever had a dream relating to golf. No. No, me neither, no. Um, it's, that's a subject we shouldn't linger on, really. <laughs> Don't talk about golf, no. Uh, it's in the no, Good no, Beer no. Guide, this one, or oh, Dreams. Dreams. We oh, can right. talk about golf if you want. There might be some fellow golfers out there. And golf podcast. Interested in our woeful handicaps or anything like that? I don't have a handicap. <laughs> My handicap is putting and driving and chipping and everything to do with golf. Apart from putting. Which yeah, but I think you're pretty good at it. Um, anyway, you had some information about this beer. I did, yes. Um, it's uh, the, it's in the Good Beer Guide as well, which is our, our beery bible, and it says that it has lots of body, which I, I, I can relate to. Um, although not as much as other... For a bit, it's less than 5%. It has a lot of body, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's taste of malt fruit and roast... Roast what? I don't know. Uh, mingle throughout with hints of hop and caramel. It's actually from Belhaven. Belhaven's quite an interesting brewery. Um, it was the oldest independent brewery in Scotland. It started producing beer in 1719. Which is 1719? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it was independent from that moment right until 2005 when it was taken over by uh, Green King, who are a uh, Suffolk-based English brewing giant. I've not heard of them before. Um, yeah, I mean, well, obviously living in Scotland, we don't get any Green King products. Actually, Green King bought Belhaven so that they could spread their kind of beers throughout Scotland. That they, they've let Belhaven keep their name and their beers here, but they're also now selling Green King products in Belhaven-owned pubs. Right. Um, Green King, you any, any beers that I, I know? Um, uh, they, yeah, I mean, IPA? Green Yeah, they do their own IPA. Yeah. Uh, were you in London at that time? No. No, it wasn't you, it was Craig. Sorry. Yeah, you're identical in stature and appearance. It always comes back to Craig, doesn't it? Green King IPA. Pretty sure I had that in London. You will have done, yeah. Houses of Parliament. We, oh, I'm sure once we're doing this beers, we can have a look at Green King, if it's any good. Yeah, it um, But they paid £187 million for Belhaven, so obviously they, they wanted it very badly. Wow, that's a lot of money. Uh, not just for the brewery as well, because Belhaven have 275 pubs in Scotland, so they, they saw that as their foot into the Scottish market. Um, actually, I was in uh, a Belhaven pub just outside Haddington a couple of weeks ago, and I saw Green King for sale. I didn't buy it. You didn't? <laughs> no. <laughs> Principle. <laughs> because I knew that was English, and I thought, I'm going to buy Scottish, so I had a pint of Dukas, and it was, uh, it was all right. 
Playing the winner of many awards. Yeah. Um, uh, University Bell Haven. Bell Haven came out with Bell Haven Best. They do best, uh, yes. yes. Which it's is uh, what's it, kind of creamy, mm. creamy, bittery, heavy. It's, it's like a lighter John Smith smooth, I guess. Would yeah. Be the, the Yorkshire comparison, but. Um, Yes, they came out with that, and I don't know whether they approached the university or we just did it anyway, but one of my marketing modules was to do um, a study on the potential market for Bellhaven Best, right. which was like hell. Nil. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nil. It was a hell of a project. Right. <laughs> go to a pub and try beer and talk to people about beer. That was, that was Who talks that to was, people about beer? I mean, come on. Well, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a tough life at university. But Bellhaven actually, they do four main beers. They're not not quite as prolific as other breweries. Um, they do specialist now and again, but the four main ones are best. Um, St Andrew's Ale, which we're drinking now, uh, they do an eighty shilling, and they also do best extra cold. Best yeah. extra cold. It's em- nothing sacred. Yeah, everything's going cold. It'll be one step beyond extra extra cold. It'll be yeah, like Bellhaven best frozen. <laughs> frozen beer. Oh, frozen beer would be quite nice. Huh? Have you ever had a beer popsicle or I? No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how interesting. Purely by just accidentally freezing a bottle of beer. Oh, you're you know, putting the freezer to cool it down quicker. I'll cool forget. it down and leave yeah. it for 10 minutes and two days later it's either exploded or still in the bottle. Well, if you let it melt a little bit, mm-hmm. then you can get a bit out and you can... Ah. And that's suck on the... Cool. Yeah. Or you could just pour it into ice cream trays mm-hmm. and then put it in. That's genius. That would be an easy way of doing it, I would think. Brilliant. Uh, might make bad beers good. It's an experiment worth doing. We should try. We should definitely try that beer. Beer, beer ice, cubes. ice cubes. So you can have iced beer water. Or no, I think iced beer water is varieties of kind of but beer. beer. I think ice cubes in your beer, so you can mix beers. <laughs> So here I have my India Pale Ale, and I'm going to put some 80 shilling ice cubes in it and see what happens. <laughs> that is an experiment we should try, definitely. <laughs> That's brilliant. Mixing, mixing beers with ice cubes from different beers. Man, we shouldn't broadcast this podcast before I patent that. No, we should, yeah, we'll cut that bit out, and then we'll, we'll, once it doesn't work, we'll broadcast this podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Bellhaven is, is in Dunbar, which is um, kind of 30 miles east of Edinburgh on the coast, the East Lothian coast. Um, there's only a few thousand people who live there. It's quite a small place, quite a nice place. I've not been there for a while. It is very nice. Um, it was first settled in the seventh century, um, so it's quite a historical place. But and most places around here were settled up early, I guess. Yeah, tripping over history around these parts. Indeed, um, it was destroyed in the ninth century by the Picts, and uh, eventually, because that back then it was part of England, because uh, it was one of these places that's quite close to the border, so it's changed hands quite a lot. Oh, yep. Uh, but it's now part of Scotland, and. Um, According to the Met Office, it receives more hours of direct sunshine and less rainfall than anywhere else in Scotland. Wow. Is that because it's possibly the furthest part east? Yeah, because it's the furthest part away from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nearly on the continent. So it's sunnier and less rainy than all of Scotland, and locals call it Sunny Dunny. Sunny Dunny. There you go. So I go to Dunbar for the sunshine. There's a nice no. beach there as well. I've been there. About twenty minutes away from here, we could <laughs> we could be there in twenty minutes. Yeah, let's just stop. Let's go. Stop. Go and do the podcast. And it's sunny outside. Not that we can see a window from here. No, no. Yes, we are in a very small room here, recording this podcast in the the classic Edinburgh box room, which yes. um, has one very small window over there. Which oh, it does a window too. Looks out into the hallway. The windowless hallway. 
But it makes a good studio for recording podcasts. Yeah, we could do with some more damping around, but um, so it's kind of echoey. I'm getting too technical, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you do the beer, I'll do the technical. It is a bit echoey, yes, and apologise for it. stop, play, that kind of thing. So I think definitely we need to do a field trip out to Sonny Dunny and go and visit the Bellhaven Brewery. Um, I think that's a, that's a definite. Mm. Along with... Um, well, we're at, where were we? Oh, was the, we mentioned it earlier, the food and mm. drink festival thing. Yes, in Edinburgh, yeah. Standing there talking to a guy from... Which brewery was it? One in Alva. Uh, Harveston. Harveston Brewery. And uh, <laughs> he was quite willing to let me try all of his ales. And, and some of them were mighty fine. But mm. it sounds like that'd be a good field trip too, so... Plenty of potential for podcasts from breweries. Oh, there's no shortage of breweries around here. I mean, you think back to the uh, in the 19th century, there were 40 breweries in Edinburgh, which is quite amazing when you think about it. Four zero. Four zero. Yeah. But now there's only one, which is uh, Caledonian out in uh, Sockford, Sockton. There were there were two last year, but then Scottish and Newcastle closed Fountain Bridge. Scottish and Newcastle. And now there's only one. They're becoming the Microsoft of uh, the beer world. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, the big Fountain Bridge Brewery. But um, now there's only one left, unfortunately. I mean, you imagine how the city smells now with all the beery smells. Yeah. Compared to how, what it must have smelled like when there were 40 of them. I mean, no wonder it's called Old Reiki. It's just like, it must have been unbelievable. Yeah, wow. Anyway, so that's... We digress slightly. We digress slightly, but uh, I, uh, I was certainly interested. Compared to um, William Wallace Ale, I... I they are quite similar, but I think St Andrew's Ale is nicer. I've got to say, and not just because it's not named after a English killing Scottish figure, <laughs> and named after a golf course, which I quite like, and a town, which I quite like too. Yeah, which uh, future king of England was. Has he finished? He's finished. Oh yeah, he's, he's in the army now. That's a status quo. Still singing status quo. Seriously, it's like Tourette's. I have to hold it. Oh, that's going to be in my head for the rest of the night, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, stop it. No, don't yeah. seem status quo. Uh, yeah, and... Actually, it says established 1719 on the bottle, I just noticed. Yeah, more so, information within this bottle than I first thought. Most of these beers come in big 500 milliliter glass bottles, big brown ones. We've not had one in a green bottle yet. When we do, we'll have to come across the, um, the uh, endless green versus brown bottle debate, which is better. Yeah, well, I, for a long time I thought green bottled beers were foul. Yes, they are. You know my personal hatred for Becks and mm. Grosch. We'll come to that when we do German beers. Don't <laughs> That's what I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd go with brown mostly. It's like my theory that all famous people are short. There's some kind of scientific basis to that. Not that all famous people are short, but scientific basis to the fact that beers in green bottles are not as good as brown because the way the white com- comes through. Which affects the. It's something to do with uh, molecular not, structure. If I haven't read it, it on down. Wikipedia, I'm 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 fumbling, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I'm just kind of off the top of my head. I, I seem to remember that, yeah, bottles are in, sorry, beers that are in green bottles have a certain wavelength of light filtered out or added or not filtered out, and it makes the beer scientifically taste bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just drink Becks and then you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, although a lot of my friends at work really like Becks. Well, they're idiots. Well, hopefully they're not listening to this. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, in beer terms, they, they yeah, okay. They're, they're yet to be enlightened. I'm sure they're nice people. I mean, no, they're very nice people. 
But I mean, yeah, Beck's green bottle, but the brown bottle. That just, for me, says it all. Yes, very true. Anyway, St Andrew's Ale, 5 out of 10 for me. 5 out of 10. Hmm? Um, I, would, I, I would agree. 5 out of 10, and the William Wallace one, I'd probably give four. a 4 being generous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say 3, but it's not quite a 3. Too creamy for me. But this one, lots of creamy, lots of caramelly, and much more refreshing, I would say. And on that... On that note, well, time no. for beer 3. Indeed. Okay. Caledonian Brewery's Golden Promise. Yeah, beer 3. This is the first organically brewed beer in Britain. First? The first. Yeah. So there have been others, or this is the only one? No, no, there have been others. Um, but this is the first one to get the Soil Association certification for organicness. The Soil Association? Hmm. They're the guardians of the organicness. Guardians of the soil. Does soil stand for something else? No, soil, yeah, earth, mud. So what type of uh, beer is this? Hmm, somewhere. Apart from being a not bad beer. It's, um... Oh, I, the, the stuff on the website says that it's a delightfully rounded sweet malt flavour, reminiscent of Ovaltine. Uh, its aromas are spicy with a hint of dusty cinnamon and vanilla. I'm not sure about Ovaltine particularly, but... but um, um, I can... I see what they mean about vanilla. Kind of goes hand in hand with caramelly, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's called Golden Promise because it's um, that's the variety of barley which was used to make it, and it's five percent exactly. No, it tastes like it tastes like we've gone down the scale from really caramelly to slightly less caramelly to quite light caramel. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, right. It's like we've gone backwards, and and it's good. Mm. I I much. There are more subtle flavours in this, you know, overpowered by the... It's a lighter colour too as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it is, I would say, a golden colour. Definitely. Possibly hence the name. Um, so this is from Edinburgh. So usually I, I kind of say a little bit of stuff about the interesting place where this is brewed, but we, we know quite a lot about Edinburgh. <laughs> so given that we live here and we're in here right this very minute, yeah, um, we are here in Edinburgh. Maybe we should give some obscure facts about Edinburgh. Well, it's funny you should say that because I... Do you have some lined up? <laughs> uh, well... No, you've got... Um, come on, knock us over with your... Sorry, ball us over with your facts. I think Edinburgh is one of the world's most dramatic cities. Uh, I think most people would agree, having been here, that's what they call oh, it. I would agree. The Athens of the North, because it looks so... Well, unique. There's no other city apart from Athens. <laughs> <laughs> Which may be where the comparison is drawn. Athens is the Athens of the South. <laughs> okay. That's still likely technically the North. <laughs> yeah. Northern Hemisphere, really. Uh, um, Edinburgh is the seventh largest city in the United Kingdom, with a population of about 450,000. It's the capital of Scotland, and it has been since 1437. And it's the seat of the Scottish Parliament, the elections of which were just a few days ago. Indeed they were. Which uh, I didn't vote in because I couldn't find my voting card, I have to say. Mine didn't arrive at, uh, and um, I probably could have gone along and gone, hi, I'm shovels. <laughs> <laughs> I live here. Let me vote. Yeah, I am entitled come to on, vote. Give a pencil. <laughs> come on. Hey, come on. Put across there. Put across there. You know me. Oh, no, it was all like computerised, wasn't it? It's quite, um, that's why the big fuss, because it, it all went wrong. Yeah, it did go wrong. And, um, yeah, the... 
head of whichever company it was that was uh, uh, developed the scanning machines uh, was on there apologising. Oh, I'm not surprised, yeah. But uh, well, he wasn't exactly apologising. He was saying oh, it's yeah. been a, it's been overall a success. Where right, but it's kind of a typical media involvement where hundred thousand spoiled ballots is yeah. okay. I mean, well, it's not really. No, <laughs> they're not. They weren't just spoiled because of the machines. They were spoiled sure, because right. of the people doing stuff. There's descriptions of how to fill them in. And mm, mm. There's idiots everywhere, really. There are idiots everywhere, Paul. Yes, and, and some of them are allowed to vote. Some of them do vote, yes. Um, really, which we can't say anything about because we're not idiots and we didn't vote. Yeah, so we can't. We've we got no grounds to stand on. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I can tell you more about the beer, if you like. Yeah, well, what we're drinking? Golden Promise. Golden Promise. Um, this brewery, the Caledonian Brewery, is the it's the only brewery left in Edinburgh. If you were listening a short while ago, was, we were talking about how they used to be two. Well, this used to be 40, but yeah, well, yeah. they were down to two, but then the other one closed last year, uh, which was Scottish in Newcastle. Now there's only one, the Caledonian Brewery, which is out in uh, Slateford. Um, it was founded by two men in the 19th century. Uh, and they were actually interesting for us because they, were, they met at the Brunsfield Links where they played golf and they drank in the golf tavern. Ah, there's golf themes running through this podcast. There is, yes. There's a golf, golf podcast. The theme. golf tavern, which has been uh, refurbished to not look anything like a traditional pub and yeah. has been, what's the word, sterilised. Sterilised? Yes. That's maybe a, the wrong word. But Ruined, I would think. Is the word. Yeah, it's been, all its character has been taken away and it's become a chain pub. Yeah, I mean, we, we used to live um, separately and together, various locations around Marchmont and Brunsfield, and the Golf Tavern is one of the, well, it's not one of the most famous pubs in, in Edinburgh, because it's one of the oldest, or the oldest. No, not quite the oldest. One of, certainly. One of, yes, definitely. It looks old from the outside with the, the flame, flaming things coming out, and um, it was such a nice place to go, and then they redeveloped it, and it's, it's just not as good now. No. But that's where they met, and they decided to found a brewery, and uh, they did, and... That was back then when they had so many competitors and it's, it's the only one still going. Oh, good on Yeah, indeed. Um, actually, Caledonian actually brew... Well, Scottish and Newcastle, who closed down, they at the time they brewed all of McEwan's beers and now Caledonian brew McEwan's beers under licence. Yeah, so they, they are still brewed in Edinburgh, but brewed by Caledonian. I don't know, they put kind of slightly dodgy stuff in to make it not as nice as their own beers, but... <laughs> well, I don't, just by definition, it's not very nice. <laughs> yes, no, that's so true. So to put anything extra in it, surely. Yeah. yeah um, maybe being unkind to McEwan's. Of course, if, if, you, if you're listening to this from outside the UK, you may know Edinburgh just from its festivals, which are, are world famous. They uh, happen throughout the month of August. The entertainment, all kinds of festivals, and the Hogmanay celebrations at New Year. Yeah. All worth going to at least once. Well, it attracts 13 million tourists a year, so that's quite a Edinburgh. Yeah, quite a well visited. I think still, from recollection, it's the the most visited city in the UK for other people from the UK who just go to UK based <laughs> cities <laughs> for short breaks in the UK. It's the the biggest. It's the most thing. visited. Yeah. even ahead of London. Yeah, uh, no, no. After, no, London. after London, yeah, second it's like all stats in the UK exclude London. Otherwise, yes, it is. Just because it's a little tiresome, London. Really. Yeah, London, London. The, the rest of the island, apart from London, yeah, it's the uh, most popular short break destination. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. It's Indeed, a, it's a beautiful city. 
We've lived here for many years, that's correct. It can be a little windy and a little rainy, but it's you can. get it on a nice day, and I don't think I'd rather be anywhere else in the UK. Obviously, I'd love to be in the Caribbean at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at all times. But that can't be helped. Ah, sounds like you've uh, got the good beer guide. The good beer guide is out there. It's uh, the Caledonian... Caledonian's most famous beer is uh, Duca's IPA, which we were talking about before. It's my, I would think, my favourite non-Harveston beer. So you're pretty much a Harveston man, is that well, you're, yeah, you're declaring I, that now? I'm declaring that now, yeah, because it's such a such a good brewery, and not just because I stand to win free beer for a long time. So I hope they're listening to this, if we actually broadcast this at all, at some point. Uh, but yeah, Duca's IPA, it's, you can't, the problem with Harveston is it's quite small, you can't get it in pubs, but Duca's IPA you can buy everywhere in Edinburgh, and it's, it's always a really good pint. Yeah, is it, um, yeah, it's pretty consistently good as well. But it's only 3.8%, which I didn't realise. Yeah, it's... I thought it was stronger than that. No. Obviously not. Um, but yeah, Cardanian produce, they have a small range of their own beers, and they also brew... McEwen's beers for Scottish and Newcastle, and they have their own seasonal beers, so that they're certainly, certainly very busy. And I guess this this beer is the nicest of the three we've tried tonight. But we should try and support them, seeing as they are the only Edinburgh brewery left. Yeah, well, if they make beers like this, then I'll support them. We should oh. probably go to the, the Caledonian Ale House, which is in Haymarket. They've got their own pub. Well, they've got lots of pubs because they've been there. No, is it it's good? actually quite nice. Well, but it's not in the nicest area of town, but it's uh, yeah. looks like it's been recently refurbished. Looks a bit like a hog's head. Um, oh, does it? Oh. A little bit, just because they have the big blackboards, sorry, chalkboards. Oh, whatever. yeah. And, well, all uh, pubs like that these days, don't and, they? But no, they do have a good selection of beers across the, the bar. Um, so, yeah, definitely worth another visit. Mm. Very friendly in there as well. Very good. Worth going on. Sure. I think we should do a feature at some point about the uh, our favourite pubs in Edinburgh and our, our least favourite pubs in Edinburgh because, you know, if 13 million people come here every year, they're going to want to drink at some point. And we, should, we can steer them to the right places and away from the horrible places. Yeah. Or the overrated well, places. Uh, steer the beer drinkers to the right places. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I'm thinking that vodka and coke's going to taste the same pretty much wherever you are. Yeah, it depends what you're wanting. I'm, I'm presuming they were going to speak the beer drinkers here and... Yes, you wouldn't get many vodka and coke drinkers downloading this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 I would hope not. <laughs> Sending them to the city or something. But, uh, no, definitely. Just the top of my head. Um, nothing comes to mind. I'm not just saying that because it means we get to go to more pubs and have more nights out. It's just, uh, obviously, it's a public service that we're providing here. So <laughs> we, need to, uh, we need to put in some research. Yeah. Welcome to the BBC Public yes. Service Broadcast. This is... Yeah, no, definitely. Um, there's a Bailey in the Stockbridge area. There's uh, the Bow Bar, which is on uh, Victoria Street. There's definitely numerous ones we could go to. I mean, we could reference the book. The Magic Book, yes, and the Good Beer Guide. on tour. Tour, yeah. <clears throat> well, the Good Beer Guide, I think I did actually read how many entries it had for Edinburgh. I think it was about 16 or 17 pubs here. I should do that in two nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a good good weekend to do all of them. <laughs> Nights, a good long day. So yeah, they're all listed here, but we should probably do, do a, maybe do a special episode with all of the beer. Pubs. I don't think we can get to all of them without either no I, transport yeah, or, or something. But I, yeah, I didn't mean go to them. I, I meant talk about them. Oh, right, talk. Explain why why they're good and where to go and uh, 
Because yeah. we might have a diverse range of ages as well. I mean, I'm becoming quite a fan of the old man's pub, but I wouldn't mm. technically describe myself as an old man. No, not quite yet. Although not quite yet, but maybe the... Just for the beer connoisseurs. <laughs> happens to us all. Um, we're also going to be going to the uh, Scottish Beer Festival, which is at, in Edinburgh at the Assembly Rooms in the middle of June. Oh, I've yet to put that in my calendar. I put it in my calendar so oh, you can man. see it. Uh, it runs for three days and uh, it's where they have all the, the Scottish ales come down and you can buy them all. You get a free, free beer glass when you go in and you take it around and say, can I have some of this? And they fill it up for you. Do you get to clean it at any point? Um, I'd hope so, yeah, kind of rinse it out. I've just had... What did we have first? Uh, William Wallace. Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's also the uh, Camera British Beer Festival in London at the end of June, I think. That was cool. Might not be able to make that one this year, but... um, Four days. But yeah, no, plenty of uh, beer trips. I'm not so sure whether we'll be able to do actually on the spot kind of ringside reports from these places, but we can certainly go there and say afterwards what was good. Yeah, I mean, we could get some portable recording device if possible, but yes. these things are probably going to be crowded, so yeah. I would think the London Beer Festival, yeah, I think they were, last year they got about 50 or 60,000 people there. That's a lot of people. That's a, a lot, lot of beer. That's a lot of beer drinkers, yeah. In summation, I would think Golden Promise is the nicest of the three. Because they're all very similar, these. They're all 80 shilling type beers. Yeah, some lighter than others. Yeah, and I would think my own personal favourite is, is Golden Promise, with St Andrews a close second, and then William Wallace a third. <laughs> a distant third, I would say, but yeah, um, definitely agree. Golden Promise, a good 7 out of 10. And obviously, we're not just saying that because it's brewed in here in our home city, um, or well, the beer cast's home city. It's to support your local breweries, people. You need to get out there and get your local beers. Damn right. Well, that's it for this week. Don't forget you can catch up with us at our blog. The address is beercast.blogspot.com. We update that more regularly than we can get together to record one of these podcasts. And uh, on the blog, you can find out more information about the beers we've been trying and about us, should you wish. Um, you can also contact the Beercast and let us know what you think. Uh, good things, bad things, suggested beers... The email address is thebeercast at googlemail.com. Before we go, a couple of uh, thank yous to uh, Charlie at speakingofbeer.com for giving us advice on how to do a podcast. Hopefully we didn't cock it up too much, um, but you can go and download his podcast, which is uh, far superior to this. And also thank you to Nate who emailed us to say uh, that he liked the idea of what we were doing. And you can go to his website, his beer adventures, which is urbantrophy.net forward slash beer. And that's just about it. Yeah, so we'll see you again next time. Yeah, next time our panel is going to double as we talk about four very distinctively different Scottish beers in the second half of our debut two-part two. So join in then. Bye. Bye.